peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good Excuse me if I appear as though I am low energy today. Today was one of those days where, you know, coming in to record the video, I was just like, man, what is going on? It's one of those low energy days. But anyway, when I woke up this morning, something that I was thinking about was, you know, been reading through the book of Jonah and amongst, you know, other things reading in my Bible, but Sometimes when you read and listen to a book over and over again, you you start to think about things that you didn't really consider your first time through. And that's the beauty of reading through a book several times. Um, many people believe that, you know, you read through a book in the Bible, you get through it, you study it, you move on, you don't come back to it. And there's a lot of small things that you miss and I'm learning. So one thing I thought about is, Anybody who's been saved for any length, any length of time, you've heard arguments concerning things in Old Testament uh, from atheists, agnostics, or what have you. And one of the arguments that's always brought up is, well, why did God do this to these people or this to these people? And what what people try to paint the picture of is just a an angry god listen god is 100% and i've said this before love 100% mercy 100% grace 100% judgment all at the same time and that's something that it's hard for people to wrap their brains around and because it's hard for people to wrap their brains around this they look at things in the Old Testament or they might look at a story without really looking at what was said and looking at what was done. And so I want to show you something that I, I noticed as I was going through the book of Jonah and thinking about some things in there. So anyway, let's get to this. So in the book of Jonah, uh, chapter one, I'm going to read verse one down to verse Three. Yeah. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittiah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And came down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid uh, the fare thereof and went down into it uh, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So God wanted Jonah to 
go and uh, preach to Nineveh, preach to them against their wickedness. He had some things he wanted Jonah to say to Nineveh. He wanted him to deliver a message from him. And Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. Oftentimes when I read through these uh, through these verses, I laugh to myself, not necessarily laughing at Jonah and not actually laughing at Jonah at all, actually laughing at myself because we think we can escape the presence of God. We all have thought that at one point, even though you may not admit it, we've all thought that at one point. Um, something that really caught my attention as I was, you know, as I read through this is Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord and nothing happened. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, what do you mean nothing happened? Yeah, exactly. Nothing happened. God didn't strike him dead right there. God spoke to Jonah and said, I have a message I want you to deliver to Nineveh. Jonah fled. Instead of going straight to Nineveh, Jonah fled. Nothing happened to him. I'm going somewhere. But let that sink in. Verses 8 through verse 10. Then said they unto him. So Jonah was in the ship and God sent a great wind. The sea was tempestuous. Uh, the men in the ship cast lots to see whose fault this was. The lot fell upon Jonah. So they were like, where are you from? What God do you serve? What is going on? This is all your fault. Then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation and whence comest thou? What is thy country and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Um, then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So Jonah explained to them everything that happened. And they're like, yo, why did you do this? You brought this evil upon us. But in, um, in verse 17, this is what's, well, for me, what's very interesting. Now, remember, Jonah fled. Nothing happened to him. Jonah gets in this ship. The sea is very tempestuous. The dudes are afraid. Jonah was fast asleep while all of this was happening. Very interesting. I, I love reading these Bible accounts and, and creating a visual in my mind of what's going on. Jonah fast asleep while the ship looks like it's about to turn over. And they're like, yo, what's going on? Who is this dude? Where is he from? Uh, in verse 17, so they cast him. In now, remember, the sea is very tempestuous. It's, it's, it's raucous out there. They threw Jonah into the sea. And um, the Bible says in verse 17, Now the Lord 
had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, we all know this is a prophetic picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ made reference to this in the Gospels. But here's what I want you to think about. Jonah disobeyed God, fled from the presence of God as though you can escape God. Like that's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. But like I said, it's funny because I think about myself, right? Think about every time you sinned or you've done something you weren't supposed to do. And let's say you, you, you do it in, or you try to do it in secret. You try to keep it from everyone as though God is not watching every move you're making. Pretty hilarious. We are all the same way. You can look at Jonah with, uh, with judgment, or you can look at Jonah and see yourself. And that's what I, I see myself in, in, uh, in Jonah's rebellion. But here's the thing. God didn't strike him down right away, right? He got on a boat. The sea was, was, you know, topsy turvy. God didn't strike him down there. They tossed Jonah overboard. He told him, he was like, yo, toss me overboard. Everything will be cool. Jonah didn't drown. I don't know how far out to sea he was. I would assume he was pretty far out. Right? So at this point, Jonah's probably thinking to himself, toss me over. I'm going to die. It's all good. You know, you guys will be safe. The Lord prepared a fish swallowed Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the great fish. Some people say it was a whale. It's, it's a possibility. The Bible doesn't say exactly what kind of fish it was, just said it was a great fish. So Jonah was in the belly of this fish three days, three nights. So he didn't die. Again, remember, he has fled from the presence of the Lord. God told him to do something. He didn't. He went the other way. He tried to do the exact opposite. Now, in all this, Jonah's still not still not dead. Um, I wanted to point to something else, right? So let's go to the book of Second Samuel. There's a verse I'm going to read in the book of Jonah, but I don't want to read that verse just yet. Because you will you will probably get an idea where I'm going if I read that verse right away. Second uh, Samuel chapter 11 and verse two. Now, for those of us who are familiar um, with this story. Um, David was out the war, came back. Um, he's in Jerusalem. He walks out to the roof. He sees this gorgeous woman. And I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read verse two. And it came to pass uh, in the eventide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof and of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Now, right here, David had a chance to go, you know what? Let me check this thought. God, this woman is beautiful, but I shouldn't be looking upon this woman. 
So forgive me. That didn't happen. In verse four and five, and David sent messengers and took her and she came unto him and he lay with her for she was purified from her uncleanliness and he returned and and she returned unto her house and the woman conceived and sent and told David and he and uh, for the woman conceived and sent and told David and said I am with child so David looked on a woman right there he could have checked that David laid with her she bears she bear a seed right there david could have said all right god i completely botched this up this was completely wrong i repent forgive me that didn't happen um so we'll look at verse six through verse eight and david sent to joab saying send me uriah the hittite and Joab sent Uriah to David, Uriah's Bathsheba's husband. And when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did and how the people did and how the war uh, prospered. And David said to Uriah, go down to thy house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house and there followed him a mess uh and there, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord and went not down to his house. So David was pretty much trying to get Uriah to sleep with his wife to cover up what he did. Now, again, still, David has time and space right here to say, you know what? I slept with your wife and she's pregnant and I am, I repent before God. I have done you wrong. I've done God wrong. And who knows what would have happened from there? That's not what happened. So the Uriah, you know, he, he didn't feel comfortable. Men are at war and he's home relaxing. So he was like, I'm asleep here with the servants. I'm not going to enjoy myself while there's men out there at war. Verse 13. And when David had called him, uh, he did eat and drink before him and he made him he made him drunk. And at even he went out uh, to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. So clearly Uriah appears to be an honorable man. He's like, yo, is dudes out there fighting in the heat of the battle. I'm not getting ready to enjoy myself here while a fight is going on. This is not fair, right? So again, David had ample time to say, all right, Uriah, look, here's the deal. I'm, I'm repenting before God and I'm asking you for forgiveness. This is what happened. I lay with your wife. She's pregnant. Still nothing happened, right? So in the book of I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in the book of second Samuel chapter 12, we see where the prophet Nathan comes to David and, and judges him or pronounces judgment from God on David. Interesting story. Go read it. 
But this is what I want you to see throughout all of this. Now, I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this, so bear with me. So I'm going to go back to Jonah, to the book of Jonah, chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 1 through verse 2. And you'll understand exactly where I'm going, or you might when I read these verses. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry because the people of Nineveh repented and God turned his anger from them. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, uh, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore, I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and great in kindness and repentest thee of the evil. So here's the thing I realize. When I hear a lot of people bring up things in the Old Testament that God has done and, and things that happen to people, here's what never comes up. God gave a commandment. God instructed these people to do something. They didn't do it. It's, it's rare occasions in, in, in the Bible. There are some occasions where God struck a person down fairly quickly. But normally, throughout the Old Testament, you see where God has given time and space for people to repent. Here's what's funny. When people bring up God's judgment in the Bible as though this discredits God. It's pretty hilarious. What they never focus on is what happened before that judgment. If you read many of those Bible accounts, normally what happened before that judgment is God gave time and space for people to repent over and over again. God gave time and space for people to repent but all people focus on is the judgment that came not giving no focus and no attention to the fact that god gave time and space for people to repent and this is the thing jonah knew that god was gracious and god was merciful and slow to anger people mix up two things People believe that they can do whatever they want and nothing will happen because they're conflating two issues. They're conflating God's God being slow to anger with lack of judgment. Sadly mistaken if you do that and and vice versa, people who criticize um, like atheists, right? who criticize God using the Old Testament, what they don't focus on is, yo, what about all that space and time that God gave these people to repent? God told them to do something. They violated clear instruction. God did not strike them down right away. God gave them time and space to repent. When you look in the Old Testament and you look at the story of, of, uh, of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, right? A lot of people explicitly focus on God raining down judgment, which definitely happened. 
Here's what I think, and I, I, this is not something that I can necessarily prove, but the Bible says that that Lot was a just man. It says this in the in the New Testament. I'm not saying Lot was a perfect man, but clearly these people had to see Lot is different. Clearly they had to see Lot lived his life a different way. Now I'm sure that that Lot did some things he had no business doing that I, I think it would be foolish to assume he didn't. But I'm also sure that these people probably saw, yo, Lot lives a kind of different life. Like what's going on with this dude? So even in God's judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah, he at least gave them something and they had time and they had space to repent from what they were doing. And they didn't. God brought down judgment. I think many of these people who make this case or try to make this case to discredit the most high God of heaven and earth. And they cite these verses in the old Testament and cite these old Testament accounts. They never focus on that time that God gave these people before these things happen. And you see this play out time and time and time and time again. I think sometime when people bring up things in the Bible or things about God or when people try to discredit God, we need to spend some time in our Bible thinking through these things. Because in a situation like this, if you think this through, it's like, well, wait a minute. No, actually, what we see here is a very merciful God having mercy, giving people time and space to repent. They don't take that time and space to repent. And then God comes down in judgment. It's their own fault. They have no one else to blame but themselves. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.